Hello, and welcome to the Meeting Your Soul podcast. I am so extremely grateful that you're here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm really grateful to be able to create this community where we can support one another, where we can share our struggles, where we can share our triumphs, and to hopefully be able to gain a deeper insight into the lessons that we're learning on um, this journey so that we're able to do so in a more holistic and integrated way from start to finish. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to be able to create a community um, and to be really honest and authentic about what we're going through. And I... um, want to keep it super real with all of you guys. So I've been like kind of in the dumps. I've been down the dumps lately. I have had a lot of different things going on within my life and it's been a little overwhelming for me to handle. Um, from, you know, preparing for a move, um, leaving Seattle, which has been my home for the last couple of years, which I love. I'm not going to go very far, but still, um, it's going to be a new chapter to say the least and a new way of living. I'm pursuing, keep it um, just completely real. I am pursuing buying a house, um, but right now with interest rates, I am a real estate agent, so I'm very well equipped to do this um, and have been preparing to do this for the last couple of years, but um, the market's been a little um, up and down, so I was waiting for time for it to level out, and I believe that that's the case now, but um, with interest rates where they are, it's just so high, and so I run, I'm not going to be able to buy a house. I have to wait. I have to save up more money, so that means I have to be on a budget, and I'm just like... Womp, womp, womp. So it's been like one thing after another. And um, also I have some family issues coming up right now with health. And that's been weighing on my heart really heavily. And um, yeah, there's just a lot going on. And I know that when and I, I got sick, you can probably know some of my voice. It sounds very raspy. Um, last week I was then um, not feeling, I was feeling under the weather. So it's just like one thing after another. And I just started to feel like a little, I wouldn't say hopeless, but I was just starting to feel very discouraged. And I was just like, man, life's really fucking hard right now. And I think that we're, we've all been there. We all have stress. We all have things that start to build up over time. And I actually taught stress management um, throughout King County for a team, like an organization I worked with and did use suicide prevention with for quite a few years taught probably like over like 15,000 people or something along those lines, um, these skills, but, um, to be able to manage stress, we all have it. So how do we deal with it? How do we, um, cope with life and the obstacles and the, um, challenges that arise? And I would say that it's been a long journey for me to really understand what that means, even with the experience and knowledge that I have. And I don't think I found something that was truly effective and really kind of a game changer for me um, before I found yoga and meditation. But I would like to start by saying that everyone finds their rituals, their practices, their coping skills within the thing that feels the most sacred and the most... um, authentic for you and true to you. So um, I believe a ritual is really something, it's more often than not connected to a type of religion, but I think it's a sacred practice that we do on a repetitive basis that helps us gain a deeper connection to who we truly are, our intuition, our soul, and so that we're able to um, empathize and to feel more fully and more like um, holy everything that we do. And holy is H um, W H O L L, not holy H O L Y. Uh, maybe maybe that's it for you. I don't know, but um, but just to clarify, so I. 
I do believe that there's this opportunity and for us to be able to anchor into practices that allow us to create the sacred union with ourselves and to be able to um, utilize that when life throws us off, when the ground feels shaky, when, um, you know, we need to regroup and to then be able to establish a more um, hopefully heart-centered approach to whatever's coming up. And rituals appear in a lot of different areas in our life. Um, rituals come up within, um, you know, a lot around birth, you know, um, getting pregnant, um, or even, you know, the actual delivery of a baby for marriage, for milestones, birthdays, like, um, you know, even age milestones that we have within, you know, American culture, um, and even death, you know, all throughout it, um, you know, it tends to be rooted in something that is within your social norms, within the culture that you exist within, um, if that's within a country, um, a religion, or, you know, something along those lines, even just within your family. And I have been really fortunate to be able to really establish rituals that I feel I am deeply connected to that are really satisfying and encouraging and loving to myself. And I um, would say that it took years for me to really figure out what those were. And I think there was a lot of placeholders um, until I found something things that really stuck for me. And like I mentioned, that was um, yoga and meditation. And I think that also aligns me with this um, approach of recognizing my own thoughts and the stories that I'm telling myself and the belief systems that I have that support that. And to be able to challenge them, to be able to um, evaluate them on an ongoing basis to make sure that they are serving me and helping me and helping me grow into the person that I'm meant to be instead of stunting me and um, holding me back from really pursuing the life and the vision that I see for myself. And I haven't um, been able to really find um, other practices that stick, but I have over the last couple years really um, rooted into some other things that help cultivate a little bit more playful nature for me that make me laugh, that kind of get me those feel-good hormones like endorphins and um, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin are the four major ones that tend to get mentioned when these come up. Um, but then I really created rituals around those. Like I was like, okay, what are the things I can do to help infuse my body um, within the that um, frame of mind? And honestly, the chemistry within my body as well. And I think more often than not, when people mention rituals, they have this, um, you know, this honor that you have to carry with it, this um, uniqueness and this connection to something more divine than us. And more often than not, you know, it's brought up with meditation, yoga, any kind of movement practices, dancing, art, um, storytelling, spending time in nature, all of these can be rituals that we have within our life and are definitely all a part of my rituals. And when I, um, started recognizing the amount of times I've been burnt out. I've been burnt out more times than I can count. I recognized that there was a commonality and it was really me not allowing 
um, a balance between effort and ease. And so within the last couple of years, I really leaned into ease and how I could be more easeful as I continue to pursue and stay consistent with the things that I'm trying to cultivate within my life. And that did not come without some sacrifice, not without some um, understanding of what was effective and what wasn't effective. You know, trial and error was very much a key part of that um, experimentation process for me to be able to really ground into what um, helped me, that aided me to create a more harmonious state, not only within the physical body, but also within my mind and my spirit. And at this point in time, I have very strict rituals that I do on an ongoing basis that are literally foundational for my um, well-being. And I know that for myself. And um, meditation is probably the top one that when I do most consistently. Um, then movement, yoga in particular. I also teach five classes a week. So I have a regular movement practice either within the classroom or I'll go to class or I'll practice on my own as I'm preparing for um, teaching. So I have those that are part of it. But I would say the newer ones that I've incorporated and recognize the importance of have definitely been spending time in nature, which I've always enjoyed doing, but didn't make it like a non-negotiable like requirement for my life. Um, obviously, I knew when I went hiking or spent extended periods of time in um, immersed in a natural environment, I enjoyed it. But I think we all know that. But it's like, okay, well then, even in the city, how can I take time, 10 to 15 minutes to go to a beach or go for a walk in a quiet neighborhood or for me to... Um, you know, go cold plunge or, you know, and when it's cold and rainy out, it's not necessarily the thing that you want to do the most, but I'll even like put on my puffy jacket, like bundle up and I'll take a quick walk around. And if I keep moving fast enough, I'm usually okay. Um, and that has been something that has definitely, I think been a huge influence and me being able to just stay more balanced is to be able to recognize, okay, even each day, like truly each day I go and spend time outside. So it's like, okay, I, and then I'll even recognize like, oh, I haven't been outside yet today. I better go spend some time outside. I'm gonna go do a quick walk. And when the winter months, especially when it's really cold, like the amount of importance for me to spend time getting vitamin D, spending time in sunlight is huge for me too. I actually also take sunshine breaks every year because I know that that's something that I need to do within my life. Um, because when I'm stuck inside too much and I get no light, I, um, I start to get depressed. It's just something I know about myself. Um, and I think seasonal depression is very real. It's very prevalent. It's something that sometimes people don't even recognize it's happening to them, but it's, um, is occurring. So if you're one to kind of get a little bit of a funk during the winter months, that could be a part of it. So scheduling some type of little break where you go out and get into, um, into the sun or maybe go somewhere that's beautiful, that's um, bright, um, that you can lay on the beach somewhere, even just simply drive somewhere and go somewhere that's nicer, that has nicer weather. Or, um, you know, one of the things I do, which is why I also practice yoga, but I practice yoga in a heated environment. So that's a big one for me where I'll actually just go and be in a hot space and that helps a ton. Also the movement, Agni, that kind of fire that we produce within our bodies and physical activity, especially a more high energy, hot octane kind of practice, um, can be an excellent way to kind of invoke that within you. And to find inspiration, find things that really light you up, that inspire you, that make you feel good, that make you excited to want to do it again. And I think that's a huge part of creating rituals that are effective for you is like, what do you actually like to do? And what leaves you with this um, infusion of love and um, light and hope and curiosity and um, strength and all of it in between, you know, and 
those in like a piece of sense of peace, you know, and that's what I seek within my practices. I'm very driven within my career. So for me to come back into balance, I know I need to calm my nervous system. And especially if I'm feeling dysregulated in any way, I'm very cognizant of taking a step back, seeing that, and then infusing these rituals um, even more consciously um, than I would otherwise. And I would say a huge thing for you is notice when your nervous system is dysregulated and what feelings come up for you. Do you tend to get easily triggered? Um, And if that's triggered as in you get um, angry or you get frustrated or you get, you start snap, being a little snippy, or maybe you're one to slip into more of like a woe is me kind of mindset where you start um, kind of maybe picking yourself apart or being more, um, you know, self-deprecating or maybe even just get really sad and start thinking about the things you haven't done yet and kind of just start to get a little bit of funk. That's where I tend to lean as I'll just get really sad and like just start questioning all of my life decisions and then be like, what am I doing? Um, it's so funny, but it's so true. It's not funny at all because it's actually very sad, but I do do it. It's something that I've, I've struggled with my whole life. Um, and another reason why I do these rituals. So I know in my mind, I'm telling you this last week, I was there. I went in that space and I got sick, which always happens too. I usually always get sick with it. And so I was like exhausted and I just felt overwhelmed and I just was like starting to tear myself apart and think of all the things I didn't like about myself and all the things I didn't like about my life. And I was just like really pessimistic. Like a lot of people that I talk to, they think that I'm this very pie in the sky, optimistic person and that that's just natural. That's just how I am, you know? And I'm going to have to tell you right now, that is not my natural inclination. It's just not. I've worked really, 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 really fucking hard um, to be able to reframe my positioning within my mind, the way I view things, the way I view myself, um, to practice certain things that help kind of um, get that dopamine hit to remind myself that I'm doing enough, um, to laugh, to be able to have people around me that really light me up, that make me feel good, that remind me of my worth and the contributions I'm making to the world around me and the importance of those. Like I've created an environment and really a lifestyle that supports me in creating this more optimistic and, you know, full of life kind of, um, image and also truly how I feel I live. But I also want to keep it 100 and the fact that that's not always how I feel. And that sometimes when I do slip back into old mindsets or patterning that I'm able to recognize it and I'm able to pull myself back out, very consciously pull myself back out. So, um, for you, I would say just recognizing what that emotional dysregulation feels like within your body. How does it come up? How does it appear so that you can recognize it when it comes up later? And then once you recognize it, being willing to sit with it too, not to just try to numb it, not just try to make it go away, not to fix it, but to really see what it has to show you and what it wants to express to you. Because I think as um, an intuitive being, as we all are, our bodies are extremely intelligent. And sometimes when we have an ache or a pain or we feel a certain way, there's a reason why that's appearing for us. So the more that we can actually give ourselves permission to slow down and get quiet enough to hear what that could be and the wisdom that it has to share, that can actually give us the tools and the approach to be able to handle it um, from the most you know compassionate 
compassionate way, but also from the more most integrated way to say that we're not just trying to dismiss this. We're not just trying to avoid this. We're not repressing it and pushing it down. We're actually extracting it, pulling it up to the surface. We're looking at it. We're examining it from this more loving side. And then we're able to then move from that space and all that we do. And um, I'm really hopeful and grateful that I've really tuned into this um, more and more. And that's after years of being dysregulated or pushing myself to a limit um, or to say that I wasn't, I was abandoning myself, you know, and saying, well, if everyone else is okay, then it's, then I'm okay. And I think it's very much a survival technique that I learned as a young child. Um, you know, if my environment's harmonious, I'm harmonious and I'll do whatever it takes to be able to maintain that people pleaser in me too. Um, but then I recognize that that's doing myself a disservice, that that's actually not fair to who I am and the my desires and my soul's needs. And to be able to say that I'll do, you know, I'll always put my daughter first. It's just, that is the case. I'll always put her first. But I recognize for me to be the best mother, to be the most patient, to be the most loving to her, I also need to be loving and kind to myself. And how could I then, you know, kids learn by what you do and by example. And I want to lead by example. And I know that a huge piece of that is me being able to have these different things and to, if you know, if I'm having a long day to be, honey, you know, I need a little bit of a break. Um, you know, why don't, can you go, I'm going to set you up as a little activity and mommy's going to go meditate for 10 minutes. Like I, um, or, you know, Nana's going to come over um, this afternoon and mama's going to go and um, do some yoga. You know, like I tend to do the things I can when she, when I have her at 50% of the time so I can kind of take those breaks. But I think for mothers, especially like being able to give yourself permission to be able to do these rituals um, of more, maybe it's waking up earlier or maybe doing it at the end of your day. Like straight up last week, I was like, I could feel myself being drugged. I was like, I'm not, I can tell my mind. I just, the thoughts I'm thinking, like everything's swirling within me. This is not. I'm not in a good space. We think 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day and 80% of them repeat. 80%. We only have the variable nature of it. It's 20%. But we can change those repetitive patterns. And I think that if you're thinking and considering what you're thinking on an ongoing basis, on a regular basis, a huge part of that is being able to recognize what keeps you going, what keeps you balanced, and what keeps you in alignment with that highest self, that third eye, that space to be able to like lean into the rituals and the practices you need to when you get pulled from that. And no one's on a pedestal. No one's perfect. No one has this all figured out. Um, and I would say my <laughs> leading with the example of the fact that I was just in the space last week and I know about this, I practice this, I teach this, but I still have moments. And so um, life can throw us some curveballs and we have to recognize when those come up and to be kind to ourselves in order to be able to take a step back and to be able to say, okay, I'm going to have to do a little bit more of this and I got to be consistent about it. And consistency can change. You know, you might be doing hundred percent, but then maybe the most consistent thing you can do that day is like 20, but you're still doing it, you know, and that's okay. So, um, once you recognize, recognize what dysregulates your system when you get off, then notice what brings you back to it. So like really taking a li maybe even writing down a list of things that you feel like really benefit you when you're feeling a little off or out of sorts. So 
Maybe it's, um, you know, and I'll, I'll do these more sacred rituals, meditation, sitting in stillness. I think everyone should meditate. I'm a big believer in that. You can do it no matter what. You can just, you know, notice your five senses, five things you can see, four things that you can hear, three things that you can feel, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. Easy does it. Ten minutes. Simple, to the point. Follow your breath. Literally just noticing your breath patterns and observing those is a form of meditation. Like, there's so many different ways to practice it where you have a full-on lead meditation, insight timer, great opportunity to be able to tune into some free stuff that's online. If you're interested, I also have quite a few meditations online. Go to my um, YouTube channel if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but if you're, I also have all of these episodes on YouTube and then also have free meditations on there as well. So there's plenty of opportunity to be able to incorporate this into your life. And I think, again, do rituals that make you feel good, that you like, that you enjoy, that you... Um, relish that you're able to like savor and you're like always um you know grateful that you were able to do it and i think a gratitude practice is also key writing down what you're grateful for every day um even just streaming through a list within your mind um sharing that gratitude with others talking to others about what you're grateful for um what's filling you up what's supporting you what um even when things are going wrong there's always something that you can be grateful for and i truly mean that if that's a roof over your head, a warm place to lay your like head at night. I think that we vastly underestimate the power of having shelter um, just for a basic human need, food, um, clean water. Like there's so many things that I think become, get taken for granted within our lives that um, even if shit's going sideways, that can be a way for us to kind of ground back into what really matters and kind of that appreciation of what currently exists. Um, so that we can open ourselves up to the abundance and the opportunity to be able to take on more, but from this place of um, appreciation to start from. So meditation, gratitude practices, both have immense amount of studies and research that supports the chemistry within our brains and how it improves and creates a more purposeful life and a more conscious life and a more um, hopefully joyful life too, to really, and more presence, you know, all of those things play a part um, so that we're able to um, kind of move forward, I hope, from a more intuitive space so that we're able to let that be that guiding light on our kind of directing our compass and the way we navigate the world. So I would say that whatever makes you feel and helps you feel, so like allowing yourself to be with the emotions, to be able to sit with them, to be able to honor them, and maybe even to ask yourself and the intelligence within you, what would help me in this moment? If I'm starting to feel a little dysregulated, I'm starting to get snippy. I've lashed out at a few people today. I laid my hand on the horn when I was driving or I'm um, being really passive aggressive to like my partner or friends or coworker, like all of it, you know, it happens. We all have been there. We all do this. So like taking a moment to pause, to step back and to recognize that you're doing it. And then also to ask yourself, what could be a way for me to come back to myself and to come back from a more compassionate place. And, um, you know, I've offered a few options, other things for me. I love to dance. It helps me feel just really good. Um, I love, it's like my catch all for like 
if I want to just feel more creative or more passionate or more alive or just like more playful and like silly, I'll definitely dance. Um, like I said, time in nature is a huge one for me, being able to go for walks, um, going outside, getting fresh air, being in the heat of um, yoga or even just going sauna, um, taking a hot bath at night, doing an Epsom salt bath where you're clearing your energy as you do it, um, listening to relaxing mu mu music as you take a bath, listening to, and then like lighting a couple candles, all of that, like journaling, expressing how you're feeling, any type of artistic expression. I just went to the museum last week and that was a huge point of inspiration for me. It always brings me back to my center. I love being surrounded by art. I love being in creative spaces in all the ways. I love talking to creative people and also just like to change the way I'm looking at something it really helps me um so those i then also like did movement since it's colder outside i went roller skating with a few friends again coming back into that more playful nature listening to music cruising around dancing finding the flow going for long drives is like a big one for me it's like one of my favorite things to do uh listening to music um can give you a little dopamine hit too i went cold plunged last week because i like recognized what was going on i was like i gotta go to a cold plunge like i need a real full like i need a full infusion of dopamine right now like I know this about myself um so I did that and um it does it all co contributes for me feeling more approaching my health my mental health in particular from a more conscious place like how are we being kind to ourselves and how are we doing the things to be able to draw us back in and I think if that's connecting with a friend being able to share with them having a therapist setting up an appointment with your therapist talking through it but I do believe that there's these like kind of like um intellectual top-down methods where we're expressing when we're using our thoughts we're logically thinking through things which i think is very valuable but i also do believe that it's very important to also have that integration of the body as well that more somatic practices that help then unify that space and truly the meaning of yoga means to yoke and that means to yoke our hearts and minds so we can live in a more authentic and present life I say this at the end of class because that's what i found within yoga i'm not trying to recruit you to yoga but like finding those practices for you that help connect your heart and your mind. So maybe that's playing basketball. Maybe that's um, going, going for walks, running, long distance running can be a big one for people. Um, maybe it's, you know, doodling or maybe it's painting, like whatever brings you back into the space right here to be exactly where your feet are, um, to be exactly where your seat is. Like those are going to be the practices that I think are really the most beneficial for you and the most integrated in its approach so notice what those are make a list write down a few maybe even just two or three and try out within these next couple weeks to just practice them and incorporate them into your daily practices have that truly be a daily ritual for you and to honor the sacredness around that to be able to intentionally and mindfully create the space to sit down to really tap in to gain presence to be able to just be um, so that you're able to you know practice these exercises whatever they are from a place of appreciation of gratitude you know of um and ultimately of love, you know, love is really all that matters within our lives. And if we cut ourselves off from that access of that, a love point within us, like that's where we start to feel depleted. That's when we start to feel sad. That's when we start to feel alone and we're not alone. No matter who you are, you're not alone. Cause even if you have yourself, you have something. 
and you have your soul. And if, when you tap into that, when you lean into that, that gives us, gives us access to the well of love that resides within us and always has and always will. <clears throat> and we can then pour into others' cup from one that's overflowing instead of one that is barely scraping by. And um, I've been really fortunate to have incredible people around me that constantly inspire me, that fill up my cup, that make me laugh, that are, you know, spending time with the girlfriends, with loved ones, like with my daughter, with my family, like all of it. Like we're all there. We all lean on each other. We all support one another. And um, life isn't easy and we're not meant to do this alone and have the community around you that helps um bring you joy in the moments when you need it most or to be that listening ear I think is just as critical as finding these practices that you can um, have on your own too but I always say like having these practices for yourself gives you the opportunity to be able to show up fully and authentically and hopefully then sync up with the community that you're meant to have around you too people that get you that understand you that support you that are cheering you on and are truly your biggest cheerleaders so I um love you <laughs> and I'm so grateful that you're here and I hope that even within this community within meeting your soul that um, you know that there's another person at least on the other side of here that sees you that um, wants the best for you and I don't know you but I can guarantee you that I do and that's because I want that for everyone and I think that we all deserve it and we all um, you know I truly believe that's what our purpose is and that's what we're here on this earth to do and the more closer that we get to our center, the closer that we're able to regulate our nervous systems to do these things on an ongoing basis, um, the more that we're able to be able to um, inspire others to do the same and hopefully be able to create an entire lifestyle that supports that as well. And once we create that lifestyle and it just becomes a norm for us, then um, that's when we can start integrating some other things. That's when we can start pushing the boundaries. That's where we can start really um, pushing past limiting beliefs and what we think is possible to be really to step into our fullness. And, um, and then also then when we're in our fullness and we're brighter and we gain more attention or we get more slacker resistance from the world around us or the people around us, we're able to handle those with more ease and with more kindness for everyone involved. And that's a part of this practice as well. So um, I'm grateful that you listened. I really do hope that you take time to establish some rituals, some things and practices that can help keep you um, focused on your own well-being, your own mental health. And um, if this year has been one where you're like, I've never done this before, there's never been something, I hope that this is something that you um, take a moment to consider how it might benefit you and hopefully continue to do it over these next couple of months. So I love you. Thank you for listening. <coughs> Excuse me, still getting over this cold. Thank you for listening and um, find me on the gram at Ferrocino, website coachingwithfair.com. <coughs> rituals, um, I, I have a Rituals with Fair Pinterest board if you want to check it out, at Ferrocino there too, F-E-R-R-A-H. <coughs>